0: Let let this duly be noted that uh, Luis just said off camera, I was told I was going to be asked some questions. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: This is, oh my God. (laughs) It's like a bug. That's
0: all you know about this? That's it. That's it. Do
1: not air this on television.
0: So here we go. This is another edition of the uh, Jody and Todd podcast. Apparently, I, I don't know if we were on hiatus, Jody, but I think we were just busy. Is it safe to say that? I don't even know the last time we talked.
1: It has been a while. You've been on the East Coast. You've been, uh, what a crazy schedule for the Coyotes, but uh, it's good to have you back, and it's good for us to catch up a little bit.
0: Yes, I I think we have to start with the conclusion of the Major League Baseball season. We had a Game 7 in the World Series, and if I I could just share with you how I came to finally sit down and watch the only half inning that I needed to watch, (laughs) which was the top of the first, sadly... The Coyotes decided to spend the night in Detroit at the end of that 11 day trip. So we didn't get back to the Valley till midday. So after a haircut, dog food, a trip to the uh, grocery store, the dry cleaner, I'm not sure what else I had to do. I literally walked in at about quarter after five, sat down and saw <laughs> the Astros just chip away and, and grab the lead, and they never turned back. But I, I, I want to say two things. Number one, I actually used to be on another planet in another lifetime, the voice of the Tucson Toros. And they were the Astros farm team. And really? I, called, I, yes. I did
1: not know that.
0: Yes, I was there. Podcast
1: is learning experience. See,
0: yep. Yeah, and, I, and I was actually there when Craig Biggio and Ken Caminiti were called up and they never went back. So I've always had sort of a little chunk in my heart for the Houston Astros. I, 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 I dread hearing that this is – a World Series championship for analytics, I, I, I just feel, that's a, I feel like that's a natural evolution of sports. I just think it's a World Series for the Houston Astros and the city of Houston. And I'd like to leave it at that, if you don't mind. <laughs>
1: it's kind of my oh, take yeah. On. I mean, I'm with you. I think, unfortunately, in this world we live in, especially in media, everybody has to kind of grab onto something and label it. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's that simple, just like when the Diamondbacks beefed up their analytics it doesn't mean that the guys in there now ignore human, you know, the effect of, of, of intangibles that humans possess and, you know, things like that. I think it's quite the opposite with the manager, Troy Lovello, but it was really, um, you know, obviously for everything Houston's been through, it it was, you talk about, you know, that human element and the side of that, that you just felt so happy for the people of Houston and, um, you know, they have a lot of really good players and I hate it also to come down to kind of Verlander versus Darvish, although that really did end up defining, you know, Dar- Darvish was not very good in the world series and not good at all actually. And Verlander was, so, you know, it's funny how you, you can build a team and everything, the prediction in SI and the, you know, 2017 Astros, but it really came down, you know, to that move, helped them get there. And how, you know, so sometimes it's a free agent move, but it was fun. Game two and Game five were crazy. Game seven, still think the Diamondbacks and Yankees is going to be really hard to top, even though last year's was really good. This Game seven wasn't, you know, great drama, but um, it was also really cool being at my daughter's baseball game and everyone was on Fox Sports Go. So, <laughs> you know, ever now and in this world we live, just like last year, same thing. We were at a fall ball game and everyone is on Fox Sports Go, and it's it's pretty neat. You can carry the game with you these days.
0: I know. I you know what I um. I, I actually think it's kind of ironic. To me, A.J. Hinch went against analytics a couple of times in this World Series and let relief pitchers go, I think, a little longer than the computer model might say, and that was all feel, and I think Dave Roberts was the exact opposite, and I think that's what helped propel these guys to the, the World Series championship. The other thing is, Jody, I, I did that two-game series in Houston this year. We had that. I think it was four straight games with them. And I remember walking around with, I think it was my stage manager, and she'd been there forever. And it was after the trade deadline, and they, as a fan base, were furious that the Astros didn't go out and do anything. And then, of course, yeah. they got Verlander later, and I just kept, I'm like, they, I mean, they, they, those people were so dialed into how good their team was, but they needed that one extra thing, and they were, they just thought that the cavalry wasn't coming. So for those people, I think it's kind of funny and kind of cool that it did. Right? And I think that's cool. I'm, I'm happy for that. And
1: yeah, this world series, I think it was great for baseball. You saw how many people were excited about game five. It was over a five hour game. And yet, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I mean here you think people want shorter games and, and no, I mean, it was amazing. People that don't even follow baseball were loving that. So well, that's another discussion, I guess, whether the balls were different or slicker or juiced or, you know, but um, needless to say, I think baseball ends on a great note. And, and uh, it's, it's always weird when it's kind of, when the season concludes, isn't it Todd? Because Ian, you know how exhausted those reporters are that have been covering it the whole time. So oh, adre- no. ad- adrenaline gets you through. I know, I know from experience a little bit, having covered um, the Marlins and then, you know, going into the Stanley cup with the Buffalo Sabres.
0: You don't want it to end though. So, but here it is. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'll, I'll swing it to hockey real quick, Jody. Cause uh, it was funny, I, I was around a, a hockey team that was struggling so much, but the baseball experience in the World Series was a great diversion, at least for me. But I, I want to share something with you uh, about what happened during the Coyotes' losing streak at the start of the season, because there's, it's something that it reminds me of baseball, and you've been around this, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, I think. When, when the closer is struggling, and he continues to struggle, sometimes the room can turn, and the room can turn on the closer and the manager... Has to be in defense mode, and everybody's walking around on eggshells. And it's no secret the Coyotes are struggling in large part because their goaltending was a huge issue, and no one pointed a finger. And the one guy that kept everything above board and a great level of confidence and um, just a wave of positive energy was was head coach Rick Tocchet. I wanted to play a clip for you from something he said after their first win in Philadelphia to the next morning. I believe we were in Detroit when I asked him about you know, how he kept everything above board. And then I went into the room and found out that it really was him and that his message to us in the media was the same that he was delivering in the room. So here's a sequence from after the game in Philadelphia to the next morning at the meeting in Detroit, Rick talked on, on how he kept it above board.
2: You've been pretty consistent about the way things have been going here, that there isn't a, a toxic feel in that room after what happened. How proud are you of those guys for maintaining that along the way? Right? I'm really proud of them. I mean, to you know, like I said, we're not a. I told you know, like I keep saying, we're not no one. T- t- you know, before tonight, I told the players, the young guys, I said, especially you guys, are playing hard. You know, keep keep doing the right things, and good things will happen, and it did. You know, we just got to keep that mentality. Form of validation for what you were preaching while you guys were struggling. We talked a little bit about last night, but now I'm talking to guys in the room that you were so positive about how
0: they were going that they never cracked in the room. The room didn't get away. There wasn't any
2: toxicity. Is that kind of an early validation for what you're trying to do as the leader now? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love that about it. They trust what we're doing. You know, that's the... the, you know Players talked about in those meetings about trust, and and that's big. Um, They believe in the system. They believe in the way they want to play. They like playing that way. Mm -hmm. I know that it doesn't look... The record doesn't say it, but... um, there's parts of the game or the stats that say it is the right way to play, Then they like playing that way, and they're embracing it. You know, It's just a matter of, like I said, closing, we'll, uh, getting a few saves here and there, and we're five, six wins, and uh, and that's why they believe in what they're doing.
0: Jody, it was really, really cool to be around it. You're in that cocoon, as you know, when you're on the road, especially when things are falling apart, and you really get a sense and a pulse for what's happening because you're living it. And I, I never really felt like these guys were, were tanking or, or just looking behind them and going, we don't have a chance to win this game tonight. They just kept churning away. And, they, then you know, I, it, it speaks to me, the kind of the character of the guys in the room, most of them, and, and, and what Rick Tockett is trying to deliver to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. That is so difficult. And just being on that road trip, and, and I commend the job that you did, too, just having the right tone with the group because – you know, on one hand it's it's not the end of the world, and you have perspective, but on the other hand, when you're in it, it's really difficult for those guys. I mean, um even just talking to Auntie Ranta today, he said, you know it was hard for me to be helpless and I think he said something like hiding in the other room you know because mm-hmm. he could, you know he's just sort of there but can't help, and it's a helpless feeling and and um You know, and I do, I, that was terrific from Rick Tockett. I, you hear him talk and especially home games, when we toss it down to you down there with him, you know, he's calm. He keeps perspective. Yeah. He may, he may be in a film room the next day and and throwing something, but we don't see that. And and I I don't know that he is, but obviously when players make mistakes, it's frustrating, but I think it's great that he's been able to harness his emotions and stay really positive.
0: And and I want to give a shout out. Uh, this is called Shop Talk, but I want to give a shout-out to, Pat, to Patrick O'Neill, who works uh, at Fox Sports West in Los yeah. Angeles. Okay. Yes. Well, Patrick sent me a text the night before the, the Philadelphia game about, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Try and keep it above board. Stay positive. Good things are going to happen. I, I just kind of took that to heart, and then the, then they won the game, which allowed me in Detroit to walk around the room and ask these guys about their socks. Because we were on an really? 11-day trip. Yes, we. I, I told <laughs> them if, if they win, that allows me to have some fun in the room. And I, I I actually believe Jody that what we do is critical sometimes to to athletes because if we do it the right way, we allow them to kind of flush what happened, and also sort of enjoy the moment. I, that's that's always how i thought about our job. Sometimes it's not just chronicling events; it's also giving providing a little levity and a little insight to hey you. You're, you know, you're, you're a professional athlete, and you're on the road. And... But anyways, we had this huge road trip, I was getting to the end of the road trip, and I always pack a pair of socks <laughs> for each day. And yeah. when I woke up on the, last, the second of the last day, <laughs> I had three pairs of unused socks left, and that never happens. I don't know what happened. So I went around the room. We put it on the show the other night. It's up on social media platforms. But I had to ask these guys, and I found out that I wasn't alone. Some guys actually only brought three pairs of socks, which is actually disgusting. Oh,
1: that's a that's a concern.
0: Yes, but you know what? I I want to. Patrick O'Neill was the one who reminded me. I was kind of beating myself up, going, you know, what am I going to talk? I can't keep talking about goaltending and power play failure. I got to talk about socks, and <laughs> it was, and it worked. So it's just you know, what
1: they needed. It's yes. just what the doctor ordered. So
0: that's that's the Patrick O'Neill. I know that you obviously have great friends around this business and all over North America, and every now and then it's good to be able to. Channel your frustration with with someone else who's been there and done that and i owe him one for that thank you yeah no that
1: that's that's cool he's always i love seeing him you know whether it's with the kings or you know the the angels and yep um it's just you know it's true because it's really hard i mean when things are going well it's easy to do shows and it's easy to you know interview sort of do themselves and I think tone is more important than anything sometimes too because again it's levity but it's like it's respecting their feelings and sometimes it's different from player to player Absolutely, and, I, I, and it's that's really important
0: and, and you know what you're going to find this out up close and personal when you guys do the first icebreaker at uh, the ice tonight I guess it'll be Friday but you're going to have Derek step on and, and Jody what you'll see and, and I'm guessing you're already sensing it when you go into the room these at, for these home games on the post game shows this guy is embracing the role of being a leader, especially in a tough situation. He said it point blank after the game in Detroit. Um, I'm going to I'm going to charge after this and be a leader and lead by example. And he's trying to do it in so many ways. He's, he's a very level-headed guy with a great insight. And I think you're going to see that in fans that are out there watching or, or in person or, or on Facebook or whatever you're doing. I think you're going to get a real feel for a guy that I know he has the A, but you could easily turn that A into a C.
1: Oh no question, and you know I've really learned a lot about him. You know, watching the post game interviews you've done with him throughout this this losing skid. I mean, he's just always there and and taking that leadership role, and that's that kind of a voice is so important. I met him when he first, uh, really the first time that I met him was at Diamondbacks. He came out to throw out the first pitch. His wife was there. Uh, his little little one. I think he he's maybe two years old if i'm guessing Mm -hmm. and you know they were just having fun and i thought you know it seems like such a great family and 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 a good guy but i didn't really know the test of character is of course when you go through something like this and you know it's nice to know the coyotes have that kind of a leader in there
0: and i will tell you and this is something i get to see firsthand when we walk into the room he looks to rich nair and the vice president of communications and says do you need me in the room and that speaks volumes to the kind of character that he's brought to this room that had a vacuum of leadership after losing Shane Doan. And I think that's, that's, I think critical to understanding how they move to the future. Julie, before we wrap it up though, I also want to talk about Saturday night. It's, it's hockey fights, cancer night at Gila river, Arena with the coyotes and I believe the Carolina hurricanes and um, the pregame show is going to be very special. We, uh, I have two special guests on that, on that show. One of them is Jude LaCava, my dear friend from Fox 10. He lost his mother to breast cancer when he was a teenager. It sort of defined his life and what he, he has been doing for so many years uh, with an organization called cancer commons, trying to create a gene pool or a, a DNA structure of, of everyone that, that sadly comes in, into cancer in whatever form it is to try and help fight future battles with cancer. It's a fabulous, fabulous organization. And our friend Tom from Chandler, Tom Levante, <laughs> is going to be on super fan for the coyotes. It'll be his last coyote game He's moving again. He's moving back east to Philadelphia, but he has a message about prostate cancer screening. He is a cancer survivor, and um, he has moved mountains to make sure he's on our air with us on Saturday night, and if you haven't been tested and you watch Tom, I guarantee you, you will. That's all I'm going to say yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Jude and and Tom, and I'm glad you're getting Tom before he heads back out, but um, they've both, you know, Tom has been so active. In the, uh, I know there's mobile screening, and that was his message when it first happened to him. Because, of course, no one thinks it's going to happen to them, but it, it is much more common than any of us would would uh, want to believe.
0: Well, in the spirit of um, Hockey Fights Cancer Night, do you mind if I wrap up the uh, Jody and Todd podcast with a song from someone I just lost? We The world just lost to uh, an epic battle to brain cancer. He went out in a wave of glory and profound, uh, just. <laughs> Ah, his name is Gord Downey. He's the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, The Tragically Hip, and I would like to play a song from him if you don't mind.
1: I would love that. And, you know, again, it's been a really difficult year, and I know um, Gord Downey hits home for you. So please do, Todd, take it away.
0: Okay, Jody. So here's the deal we were told to, to keep communicating with Gord while he was fighting his brain cancer, even after this, this very powerful uh, tour. And the last time I communicated with him, I was at a Diamondbacks charter. I was reading a book. The book was called The Klondike by Pierre Barton. It's about the gold rush. And as the book ended, one of his songs popped up on Shuffle on my iTunes. And the song is called Great Soul. It's from their last album, Man Machine Poem. And as I was listening to it, and as I sit here and talk to you now, the goosebumps are everywhere. And I sent him an email. And I said, I just want you to know, I'm reading this book about the gold rush, The Klondike, famous Canadian author. And for some reason, I don't know how, I don't know what the message is, but Great Soul just came on and you're landing my claim and you're ending the mm-hmm. book. And his response is something that will stay with me for the rest of my life, just like his music will. So to Gord Downey, the late great Gord Downey, who lives in perpetuity in my heart and many, many others all around the world, because he is a Great Soul, this is Great Soul.
1: for listening to the Todd and Jody podcast on Fox Sports Arizona. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter.